1: And it's so great to have the opportunity now to begin opening up God's Word. All of this has been so special. Our theme has been God's faithfulness, past, present, and future. And we've really seen God do a lot of things here on this island, especially in this ministry with all of the facilities. But again, nothing beats what God has done in the hearts of the people. And to see how He has brought them into His forever family by faith alone, and then to grow them, and then to deploy them out in the ministry. You know, we've heard of others that have come in through the doors of this church, but it's very rare that you actually have a neighbor that comes to faith in Christ and then gets called into ministry. A little Chinese girl that grew up, went to ministry, and she's been serving in Hong Kong and China ever since. And I I would like to have at this time Michelle Jang, if you'll stand. One of our own little local little girls right here in this area. Bless you, sister. There's a gal named Jenny Salt, and she tells this uh, wonderful story. She said a few years ago, there was an ad on television that started out like this. There was a woman, picture this, there was a woman sitting in a car, minding her own business, just kind of sitting, waiting in the car. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of the blue, a man comes, jerks open the door, reaches inside, manhandles this woman by dragging her outside of the car, and everybody is horrified as they're watching this happen. And then almost when that finishes, the camera then moves back, and you're able to see... That this woman was actually being rescued from her car that was on fire that she did not see. And then the final part of the ad simply said this. You need the bigger picture. Channel 10 News gives you the bigger picture. And we chuckle at that and of course it caught us off guard. But I really think sometimes we as Christians often need to see the bigger picture about God's faithfulness. And so we could look at God's faithfulness, what he's done here in the past and what he's done maybe in the last 10 years. And We have great confidence of what He's going to do in the future, but maybe it's time for us to step away even from those pictures and look further back so we can really capture the bigger picture of God's faithfulness. And to do that, I would like to speak on that topic first and then give you some examples as we walk closer to the picture to see God's faithfulness in the lives of a person in the Bible and then end with how God has been faithful to you and me right now in our own life. You know, faithfulness is a very important commodity to have. We really depend on faithfulness. I'm sure there's someone listening to my voice this morning that knows what it means to have someone say at the altar, for better or for worse, in sickness and health, until death do we part, that they would stay together. And now they're feeling the pains of someone who broke that vow. They were not faithful. And they're suffering that pain because of the lack of faithfulness. And that really gets to us. But maybe you haven't gone through that. Maybe yours is something that's just so practical, but we still count on the faithfulness. How many of you are getting ready to prepare your taxes for this tax season to get it in by April the 15th? Would you raise your hand? I would imagine that most of you, should you not do it electronically, but even if you did, you're depending upon that postage stamp to stay stuck to that envelope that has your taxes in it, that it will arrive at its destination. Am I right? And yet it's not the fancy schmancy postage stamp that's important. What is, is the little tiny glue that holds that stamp to the envelope. So all of us, every day of our life, are counting on people or objects to do what they claim or say they will do, and yet they will let us down. I imagine there are some of you that did put a stamp on one of those envelopes, and it didn't get to its source, and now you're paying some penalties because of it, and that's only a small penalty compared to others that have been lied to. And I want you to know that God is a God that will never lie to us, that He is who He is, His very nature is, He's a God who cannot lie. And part of that, in Scripture, you're going to find some tremendous statements about his faithfulness before it is ever demonstrated. So look up on the screen, if you will, because I want to show you some of the verses about God's faithfulness for us to get the big picture. First of all, we have to understand who he is and what he does. God is able, and he is steadfast. That means he is stable, he doesn't move, you can trust him, he is like a rock that nothing will ever move him. And you know that in our own life, things will move about and things can't be trusted, but he can be trusted. He's also able to be relied upon. He's trustworthy, dependable. And I like the last phrase, it's at all times he is that way. So we can always count on God. No matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, the Lord never changes because if he changes, then that means his nature, his attribute, the very personhood of God would change. And he cannot change. You know, we say God can do everything and anything, and we want to believe that, but there are things he cannot do. He cannot change who he is because that is who he is. Well, we also look in Scripture that he's described in different commodities, and we don't have time to go through a whole study on that, but I want to leave you with some, but I want you to own these in your own heart. And you young people that are listening, this also fits for you because I want you not just to see God as sometimes pictured in a comic book style and maybe Sunday school. I want you to know that he is a very live, real, holy, righteous God that loves you. I want you to so connect to him even beyond your mom and dad and grandfather and grandmother and all the other influences in your life so that you yourself will know that God loves you. So when your mama puts that light out at night and you're putting your head on that pillow I want you to know that you're not alone, that God loves you and he is faithful to you. First of all, we know that God's love is everlasting. Look at the verse that says, Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. I like that phrase, continues throughout all generations. Since we're talking about generational faithfulness of God in this church, we know that he was faithful at the beginning of the church. We've seen his faithfulness all the way up even to this very day today. And based on that faithfulness in our generations... You all can look forward to the faithfulness of God in the next generation that'll begin as soon as our service is over, because that is still future for us. That's the faithfulness of God. But also, you young people, it's all generations. So I want you to know the joy that you experience with the Lord right now can be that same confidence that when you go off to school somewhere, that no matter where you might be, that you are never alone, that God is rock solid, steadfast, reliable at all times, at every generation. Now, you need to remember that because we're going to go way back into the Bible, literally thousands of years ago, and see a bit of his faithfulness then. And if he could be faithful then, and we've heard testimony that he's faithful now, and Scripture says that he is, I want to leave you with the greatest amount of hope and joy for the faithfulness that God's going to demonstrate through you, and I can only imagine what it'll be like because of his greatness. But also, we taught that his faithfulness is great. We sung about it already. We're going to sing about it again and hear it again. But look at the verse here. This is probably the hallmark verse of all the verses on God's faithfulness that most people have memorized and marked in their Bible. Look at it if you will. Lamentations 3.21. It says, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Let's just stop there for a moment. We have hope when we recall something to our mind. So in other words, what we think about will bring us the hope. And here it says, I have hope now. It's not if I think about it, in the future I'll have hope. Yeah, I'm giving you the hope for the future, but the reason you have hope for the future is because you can have hope now. And some of you sometimes have a, how do I mean hope? Hope, a hope, a hope. I hope he comes for me? I hope he'll be okay? I had that hope, a hope, a hope. Now I want you to know it's more than that. And I hate to be so, I don't know, caressed, but we're family. Have you ever been traveling somewhere or maybe you're in the mall and you realize, you know, I think I need to use the restroom. And so have you ever thought, where are these restrooms? And wherever you might be, you see the sign, and there you are, and all of a sudden you say, oh, I found the sign, I have hope now, I can get there. You know what I'm saying. Only to find that when you get there, it's closed for cleaning. Has that ever happened to you? All right, that's a broken hope. So here it's saying, I can have that hope, which means you can believe it's true, it will happen for you. It is trustworthy and dependable. But it doesn't end there. Look look a little bit further. It says, the Lord's loving kindness... Indeed, never ceases. Then it says, for his compassions never fail. Well, going back to that painful illustration I used earlier, some of you remember when that person says, I love you, I love you, I love you, and sent you a note to poopsie from tutsie, and you got all that little love from them, and only to see that it withered and died or faded and was gone. But I want you to know what the Lord, he says, I love you, it'll never fail. It tells me that this would be a good place to write in your margin the cross-reference to Romans 8 that says that nothing will separate us from the love of God. So no matter what you do can extinguish his love. I don't care how bad you are, what you do, what you don't do, what you say, what you don't say, nothing will stop God's love. It will pour on you. These lights are shining on us today whether you obeyed the speed limit to get here or whether you broke the speed limit to get here on time. It doesn't care. It's shining on you. And that's God's love for you and me. But here's the key of this whole passage. What good is it for someone to really say, I love you and my compassions never fail you, only then to lie and not be faithful at the end? And that's why this verse has impact. Look at the last part of it. It says, they are new every morning, the remembrances of God's loving kindness. You get them all the time. And then it says, great is your faithfulness. It seems like it's going in one direction about love and compassion and all that good stuff. And then it all of a sudden makes a big, quick, right turn into Great is his faithfulness. How do you link the two together? What good is his love if he's not going to be faithful at continually demonstrating that to you and me? That's the faithfulness that we have. So that means no matter where you go in life, no matter who might end their love for you or their compassions toward you or whoever steps back or ebbs and flows, I want you to know that the Lord is faithful. His compassions and his loving kindness will never stop. There's a real reason for that. It's so that when I realize He loves me and I'm filled with His love and He's faithful to continue filling my tank with His love, then I don't need the approval of others. I don't need their love. In fact, that love so much flows out from me that now I can turn to those that are the unlovely and love them and especially those who don't love me and especially those who are out there to, quote, get me and persecute me, that I can still give that love. I can't do it myself, but I can do it in him. There's a couple more, and I've given you some verses there, but just so you can kind of get into the bigger picture, and that is that it's unfailing. You can't extinguish it. It is also infinite. That means it knows no end, so no matter how old you are, those of you that are our senior saints that are here, and I welcome you and I honor you, I want you to know that when you are on your hospital bed, when you get that horrible news from the doctor, I want you to know that he's not abandoning you. Just don't describe His faithfulness according to your terms, but you let God be faithful according to His terms because it's all about Him. You know that, don't you? And then the other phrase simply says it's incomparable. That means no matter how much you could have a gifted tongue speaker far beyond me, no matter how well he could be a wordsmith both in the original languages and beyond, no one could describe, explain, preach, or teach the faithfulness of God. It is incomparable apart from the Spirit of God, speaking the Word of God to your heart, if you are a child of God, all for the glory of God. And so I want you to just rest in that faithfulness of God. And remember, that's only one part of God. It's like a diamond. This is just one thing that shines on you. He's bigger than that. But this faithfulness is part of his very essence. But I want you to see how it's demonstrated. And again, the Scripture is just filled like a litany of ways that his faithfulness is demonstrated. But look at a few up on the screen. First of all, he keeps his promises and his covenants. Now, I've already spoke to that issue about when someone says they're going to do something and they go ahead and they do that. When you read it in here, you could take that into some little simple things you go in life, but I want you to know that I'm building towards a bigger argument here to show you God's faithfulness that actually impacts the newspaper that you'll read maybe this afternoon after the ball game. Because in that newspaper, it's going to broaden it beyond us into nations around the world and still connect it to the eternality of God all the way back, for example. In scripture, at a particular time, God decided in his own infinite wisdom, I'm believing even before the foundations of the world, he knew that man would fall. And through all of that, he then called out a people a, a, a people group. But to do that, he took a rich Gentile fellow and he said, you know, I want you... Be mine. And I want you to trust me because I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to start a brand new nation that's going to come out of your body. Oh, yeah, I know that you're beyond childbearing years. And I know your wife is already shriveled up, kind of. I know that's not going to happen in earth, but I'm going to show you, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to make three promises to you. It's my covenant to you, it's my promise. You're going to have so many children you won't be able to count them all. They'll be like the stars in the sky. Secondly, out of those, you're going to have one particular child that's going to grow up in generations gone by who is going to be me in the flesh, the Lord Jehovah, the sin bearer. That's how all the nations will be blessed. But to do that, you're not just going to be scattered. I want you to have your own land, and I'm going to now map it out for you, and you're going to have that. And that was a covenant that God made to him. And that covenant still is alive today in what God has promised, and we have to come back to that. But I'm going to do that in a moment when I bring up closer to the picture. Let's continue now how God demonstrates it. He made a promise. He made a covenant. And things are going to happen. He says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. We say we have hope. Hold on to it without wavering. Why? Because of what he promised. Now, folks, look up here for just a moment. I believe, and I'll speak more for me, my faithfulness, how faithful I am, depends on how much belief I have in God, in his faithfulness. So however faithful I am, it's really Dependent upon my confidence and obedience according to His faithfulness. So when I look to Him and you're hearing this message on faithfulness, this is going to ramp you up to have the ability to remain faithful to the things that God has called you to do because your confidence and obedience is in His faithfulness and it never fails. And that's the joy of all of this. So they're all going together. Here's another one. Preventing testings that are too difficult for us. Now I will never minimize some of the testings that I've heard you make. I pastored a church in Southern California and there was a wonderful husband and wife, a mom and dad, and the son worked with the um, college church with um, a wonderful pastor up there right outside of Wheaton. Instead of having a morning service, they put him up on the screen like we did and here's this frail man that says, my body is ravaged by cancer. My wife right now has full-blown Alzheimer's disease and she's institutionalized. My son who served up there got sick and he died, leaving five children, and yet I want to tell you, God is faithful. Now it is very hard to hear that and say God has held back the testing. But I have to tell you, it's always the testing before the blessing, for here's the case. It is not about his wife not getting Alzheimer's, him never having the cancer and, of course, his son never dying that makes him strong. What makes him strong is no matter what he goes through, he can now say to others, look at how God is faithful to me so now you can trust him as well and still rejoice because it's not about here, it's all about there. Amen. And so I want you to know that you may be going through some tough stuff right now, but again, I want you to rest on the promise of God that he has backed away from more what he could, could give to you. Only because he has a plan for your life and a purpose to bring glory to him his way, not our way, his time, not our time. And that's the joy, but you have to have that full surrender to the Lord. And why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we want to surrender? Not because of the testing. It's because of the greatness of what will come from the testing. Well, that's not enough. He also protects his people. And so much so that I believe he protects us even in the midst of some tremendous challenges. And this is the time that I wish, again, I had the microphone and we had all day. And I could pass it to some of you that have been through the most tremendous amount of persecution where you almost died. You will be hearing stories of those that are on the front line speaking for God in an Islamic State situation. And still not being killed and being able to get that message out. I've had a gun put to my head twice for actually preaching the gospel and while I'm preaching the gospel... And I'm here to tell you that for me at that moment, at that time, God chose to protect me. And he can protect you. I still may die a horrible death in some other situation, but God is still faithful because it's all about him. Well, it goes a little bit further here. It talks about keeping his word, but this time it's a little more than just the promises to Israel as much as those covenants are important. But I want you to know it's not just that God loves Israel and he's got a covenant with them and so that's all good. The rest of you, that's all right. No, God loves you. And here's the best part of all. When I open up my book here called the Bible, this is really God's mind and really God's voice, if you want to hear his voice, on paper. And so this is filled with nothing more than the promises of God and he's making these promises. Watch this. So he can keep the promises so that our faith is strengthened in that great God and when we have that great faith in him that strengthens us so that we can magnify him to everybody who's lost or saved that's out there. This is the kind of book so I want you to know that he makes these promises they're found in scripture it's in his word his commandments so I rest in those. Now Let me tell you, it brings me great joy because when he says, whatsoever I sow, that will I reap. So if I do good things, I'm going to reap wonderful rewards in heaven because of that. Not to get to heaven, but because I am. So I have that promise no matter how hard I work here. If I do it right, in love, by faith, for him, for his glory. If I do it, God gives me a reward. Thank you, Lord, for promising that. And thank you, Lord, for being the original and only true, fulfilling, eternal promise keeper. But as much as I hang on to that joy, I've got to remember that God keeps his promises that if you also plant seeds to the flesh and sin, you're going to reap all sorts of destruction in your life. And God says that too. So he keeps the promise on both sides of his mouth, we might say. And he keeps his word because he doesn't lie from it. I like this next one. That he will forgive us of our confessed sins. You know what um, has happened to me? Maybe it's happened to you. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to, quote, step in it. You know what I mean? And I want you, no matter how old you are in the Lord, I don't care how many times you walked with the Lord, I don't care how many sermons you preached, how many lessons you taught, that you still are going to mess up because we're still wrapped in flesh, sin. It's going to happen. And we would only hope that we would be humble enough and realize the seriousness of our sin that we would then go to clean up the mess by going to the person and asking forgiveness and saying, I did this and I blew it and I'm sorry and I know it hurt you and it hurt our relationship and I've got to start over building your trust again. And then you'll have some people that will, yeah, 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 okay, I forgive you. But you'll notice the relationship is never the same. They don't even give you a do-over to start again. And you know that forever it's shattered. And so then you begin saying, man, I, I'm, I'm no good. I'll never be any good. And Satan takes over. You know what I'm saying. I'm so glad that that's not with the Lord. He knows that when I, with a sincere heart, and I go to him and I say, Lord, I did step in it. I stepped in it when I thought about it, when I planned it, when I performed it. You saw all of this mess right here, Lord, and it stinks. Your blood dripped off the cross in your death for that sin. I am so sorry. I am so glad that he forgives me. But the key word, he is faithful to forgive me and to cleanse me. That's the kind of God that we have. And that's the kind of God I celebrate. That's the kind of God that I want to tell the world about, even to the point of death. How about you? And so he forgives us. And I like this last one. I threw this in here because it's kind of what we really need. Forget about the times we mess up. How about just when we have a need and we ask God, he, he answers our prayers. How many of you, and listen carefully to my question because you're going to raise your hand if you feel comfortable doing this. That you had a need in your life. It was a serious enough, serious enough need that... You knew only God could resolve this in your life, and you chose not to kind of leak it out in a prayer request so somebody else might come alongside you and answer it for you and give God the glory. I mean, it's just only you and God knew about it. You went to him. You bestowed upon him that deep need that you had, and God answered that request, and you're thinking about it right now, even if it only happened once in your life, but it happened. Would you raise your hand if that happened? You Would raise your hand? Okay, again, I wish I had a microphone and we had the time because this will reveal in a testimony way that God is faithful and he does answer prayer. So some of you that are on the outside looking in the window of Christianity, I want you to know that God loves you and he will take care of you once you step into Christianity and all the stuff that you're going to have to do while you're in it by faith alone, I want you to know that he will answer your prayer. He will be there for you, not only to forgive you, But also to provide for you. Because he not only will protect you. But he will provide for you. And that's just a little bit. If we stepped away from the picture. So that we would understand. About the faithfulness of God. But we need to know a little bit of the bigger picture. So let's talk about that for just a moment. Let me go back to that real story. That real event. Where this Abraham dude. Gets this message from God. And now God is going to show himself faithful to Abraham. By fulfilling the things that he said. Abraham tried to write his own book when he went after another woman to have kids because his own wife couldn't we got all of that message, that went south and that's why we got a lot of the trouble in the Middle East today, that's another message, another story, another time but we go back to his own wife, so they finally were able to have a child, and then from that child they had a bunch of kids, and those had a bunch of kids and and all of a sudden the Jewish nation was starting to really rock and roll throughout the generations after Abraham so now they kind of find themselves through a lot of other events in a place called Egypt, which in a sense is almost an arch enemy to, to Israel, they're now Egypt and they are so I say this fertile myrtle, they're just having kids everywhere, right? And so all of a sudden the Egyptian pharaoh says we can't have this any longer so we've got to squash them like an anthill and get rid of them and the best way to do that is so burden them so much with this. And here are these People are crying, oh, God. In a sense, I imagine some of them realize through maybe oral testimony that we're supposed to be special to you. We're supposed to have our own land, and if you kill us, how's the rest of the nation going to be blessed? What's happening here with all this stuff? And so God hears them, and he sends them a miracle worker, really, Moses. So Moses kind of comes through this whole thing, and he does all these miracles. They get out of Egypt. They go into the wilderness here. And really, they weren't that far from the promised land. And so all of a sudden, Moses has this bright idea. Well, let's go see what this promised land that God told us about is going to be like. So we have the book of Numbers. Cool. In the book of Numbers, you have Numbers. (laughs) Twelve. Remember twelve? Out of twelve, twelve spies, he says, all right, you're going to be my little CIA. And you're going to go on out there. And so he headed them out to spy out the land. And all twelve of them gave the same report at the beginning. Man, those walls are big. Those people are mean. There are giants in the land. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And of course, perhaps in the back of their mind is, what is going to happen? I thought God was faithful. He said this, and we had problems in Egypt, we're going to have problems in the promised land. So all the 12 are bringing back all this big problem, how big it was, except for two. Two didn't deny that the problems were out there, but two of them said, we believe the sovereignty and the faithfulness of God to fulfill his word. Two out of 12 isn't bad. Three out of 12 would have been better. Twelve out of 12 would have been great. Do you agree with that? So I wonder how many are... Would you only have two here? Or do we all of us are going to do that? So, again, Moses sends them out. They bring the report. And because, watch this, they did not trust God in his faithfulness, God then said, okay, I'm going to have to really kind of uh, clean your clock. So they then did not go to the promised land. All those adults died except for the two that had trust. But those poor two dudes had to go through all that time in the wilderness